I want to start, I wanted two things I felt are worth mentioning today. Let's start with Jonah. Um, you know, as Catholics, we, there's been a lot of feedback on my talk on evolution, and I was speaking with a theologian this morning, um, Chris Sparks, and, 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 you know, the church has on many examples left to our own interpretation of how particular things happened. Like when God created, was it literally six 24-hour period days because the sun wasn't even created at the fourth day? Or would they be where it says a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. Could it have been a thousand year period for each of these days? The church has never condemned holding either viewpoint. Now, I wanted to point that out because it relates to Jonah. We are free to believe that Jonah and the whale is literally true. We can hold that it actually happened exactly that this whale swallowed Jonah held him and regurgitated him three days later. We are absolutely allowed to hold that. Personally, I believe that. But the church also believes that you can hold to didactic literary terms. What do I mean by that? Okay. In his book, Carl Keating is the founder of Catholic Answers. If you really want to know solid church teaching, a lot of what I give... Um, I, I go to seminary notes the most. I work with theologians, but I also do use Catholic Answers. It's a very solid place that you can get. And Carol Keating wrote a book, Catholicism and Fundamentalism. And he said, quote, the Catholic Church is silent on the proper interpretation of many biblical passages, readers being allowed to accept one of several different understandings. Take as an example, Jonah. Okay, Jonah, which readers often find disturbing. The most common interpretation, the one that is held by orthodox exegetes, is that the story of the prophet being swallowed and then being disgorged by a great fish is merely didactic fiction. The grand tale told, a grand tale told to establish a religious point. Catholics are perfectly free to take this or a literal view, okay? The point is this. This is what it goes on to say in the book. I think it's fascinating. Strictly literal interpretations of what happened to Jonah actually come in two forms. This is what I believe. One relies on the fact that people apparently have been swallowed by whales and live to talk about it. In 1891, a seaman, James Bartley, from a ship right here from Massachusetts, a ship named Star of the East, was found missing after an 80-foot sperm whale had been caught. He was presumed to be drowned. The next day, the crew cut open the whale, and Bartley was discovered alive inside. <laughs> Wow. So Catholic Answers goes on to say, if Jonah's three days in the whale were counted like they count three days for Christ in the tomb, the way the Jews did it, because, you know, how does that make sense? What is three days? Three days is 72 hours. There was not 72 hours between the crucifixion 
in the afternoon of Friday and the morning of the resurrection on Sunday. It was less than 48 hours. How do you get to 72 hours? That's three days. Because the Jews counted any part of a day, a day. So Jesus was in the tomb Friday night, Saturday, and early Sunday morning. He was in the tomb part of three days. That's why we say he was in the tomb three days. And then they always say and nights is a kind of an expression, three days and three nights. So really, if, if, you, if you started something at 11 p.m. on Friday and finished at 1 a.m. on Sunday, that's really only 26 hours, but the Jews would call it three days. You, you see the point? So what they're doing here is they're saying, if Jonah's three days in the whale were counted like the Jews counted it, that is parts of three days, but perhaps just slightly more than 24 hours, then it is possible that Jonah could have been caught up by that great fish, just as the story says. This really, in my opinion, happened. This would be a purely natural explanation. All right. And so um, this here is to me fascinating. Um, to me, there's nothing contradictory. All right. So do we read the Bible as literally true? Yes. Well, then go home and cut off your right hand. Because the Bible says if your right hand causes you to sin, you cut it off. So we got to be careful because the word literally true means the message the author is trying to convey is true. And what was the message the author was trying to convey about Jonah? What was the purpose and what was Christ referring to? This is fascinating. Jonah was three days and three nights in the stomach of a big fish, not necessarily a whale, a big fish. Jonah and the fish may be explained because we have learned that sperm whales, the kind that you could survive in, just like the man in Massachusetts in 1891, because the way the sperm whales has air pockets and things, um, it was learned that the sperm whale did live in the Mediterranean Sea at the time of Jonah. Many atheists will say, well, couldn't happen because sperm whales aren't in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, they're not now, but they were then. Fascinating. And he was dead. What's the point of the whole story here? All right. <clears throat> okay. He was dead, but he came to life again. He was dead, but he came to life again. As Jonah was alive again, so Jesus would be dead and alive again. For three days and three nights, Jonah was dead. Then he came back. For three days and three nights, Christ was dead and he came back. All right. That is the connection. Jesus was telling them that he would die for three days and then be alive again. Now, even though it was not three 24-hour days, all right, but part of three days is what we said. Jesus was actually giving a lesson, connecting him and saying, it's like Jonah. All right. This is powerful. Then what happened? Jonah preached the word of God to those in Nineveh. And what happened? They repented. 
They repented. Jesus points out he is much greater than Jonah. So if the Jews repented at this Jonah, who's much less great, why are they not repenting at the words of Jesus? Something greater here than Jonah. Basically, Jesus is saying, listen, people, Nineveh repented at the words of Jonah, and you got something much greater here, me. And you're not repenting. Woe to you. That's the message. All right. Jonah preached repentance in Nineveh for only 40 days. Christ preached repentance to the Jews for three years. It shows that the chosen people can be stubborn. We Catholics were chosen to bring the truth of Christ to the world in our church. We're stiff-necked. We're stubborn. Jonah didn't do any miracles to authenticate his, his preaching, but Christ did several. And still, the Ninevites converted with much less. This is why I love our Protestant brothers and sisters. People say, Father, you're a little hard on the Protestants. I said, no, I believe they do twice as much with half the truth. The Protestants that I've seen down in North Carolina, they did twice as much as what we did as Catholics growing up. And they have half the truth. This is just like Nineveh. Christ was saying they did with much less with Jonah and they repented, they came back to God. Now you got Christ himself like we do in the Eucharist. Catholics, you got Christ himself right here and you're not repenting. The Protestants are like Jonah. They had much less of the truth, yet they did so much more with it. So this is the message, all right? The people of Nineveh repented without a sign, but the Jews did not repent with a sign, the sign of Christ. They did not believe him, and they did not accept him as the Christ. At the time of judgment, that's why Jesus said the people of Nineveh will show that the Jews were guilty, will be their judge. That's fascinating. And so we, we, what is Jesus doing? He's looking to the past to learn. And what I want to finish with here is saying, what did Jesus do? He, he pointed out the past. He didn't wipe out the past. He didn't change the past. He acknowledged the past to learn from. Now he's done that both for the positive, like here at Nineveh, and he did it in other times, like don't be like the ancestors in the desert that grumbled and, and moaned. So Jesus is constantly looking to the past, not meaning put your hands to the plow and never look back. That's something different. He's talking about learn from what has been done before you. We as Western Christians need to learn and know our heritage, not erase it. Today is Columbus Day. And there's this movement. In fact, the president in 2021, just last year, basically wiped it out. Now, the point is the reality, I think, Yes, were there mistakes made? Absolutely. Nobody's going to deny that in colonialization. There were many problems, diseases that came and, and whatnot. There, there, nobody's going to argue that. But here's what I don't think people are being taught in our schools. 
People are being taught in our schools, once the Europeans came and brought Catholicism, that brought slavery, murder, and turmoil for this utopia that existed in the Americas. Actually, the truth that's not being taught is slavery pre-existed the arrival of Columbus. There was a huge amount of enslavement among the natives. We're not taught that. Human sacrifice existed. Cannibalism, heart extraction, ritual castration, the kidnapping and concubinage of women and pandemic warfare. That's just the truth of the matter. That's not being political. That's the truth. You know, people always yell at me online, Father, stop apologizing. I'm not apologizing for the truth when I say I'm sorry. When I say sorry, I'm not apologizing for speaking the truth. I'm apologizing because it's like my mom as I was a little kid and I would say, Mom, I want to go out and play today. She'd say, sorry, no, you're not. In other words, like it or not, you're not going out today. You're working or you're doing this or you're doing that. My point of saying sorry is not to apologize for the truth, it's to say, sorry whether you like it or not, it's the truth. And the truth of the matter is, Catholic colonization of the New World saved millions of lives. That's not what you're being taught in school. The reality is this, modern anthropology, we have proof of this, there were over a quarter of a million people killed every year just in human sacrifice of the Aztecs. That all ended when Columbus came. We don't hear about that. We're not told that. And the numbers that did die at the hands of colonialization are not right, that's wrong. There's nobody justifying that there was mistreatment I always feel very much outspoken to say that that mistreatment of the natives was wrong. That's why we should honor indigenous people today as well, and we do. But to victimize and villainize the man that brought the Catholic faith and stopped human sacrifice, stopped cannibalism, heart extraction, castration, kidnapping, and concubining, that should also be recognized too. You know, one of the first things when you try to destroy a nation is to wipe out its history, to rewrite it, and to make the youth believe they should hate it. Our youth, and I've spoken with several when I do confirmation retreats, are being taught to hate the United States of America. They're being taught that this nation was founded on evil and that this nation was put together based on racism and um, genocide. They are taught to hate our nation because we were evil in founding it. Please know the truth. The truth is much different. The truth is the fact that going from these things that happened in the New World prior to the arrival of Catholicism were not only as bad, they were much likely worse. 
And so while there is no perfect history, there is no absolute utopia. We can't forget our history. Our history was founded on freedom. Our history was founded on being able to worship. Our history was founded on bringing Christ to these shores. Yeah, there were mistakes made, but being Christ to the people, in most part, is the most important. Eternal salvation is much, much more important than anything else. And that's what was brought to the new world. So let us not on this day forget the mistakes, but let us also not on this day condemn, condemn the church for bringing Christ to the new world. I think that's a message that we need to keep. So let us pray today. Let us hear the words of Jonah. Let us look to the past <clears throat> and let us repent. The message of Jonah was to repent. So let us repent for those mistakes. Let us say we're sorry for those mistakes, but let us also say thanks be to God that the faith was brought to the whole world and despite the mistakes to bring people to Christ. That's the message I think that ties into this gospel and one that we're losing in our society today. Praise be to God and let us know in our hearts that we do need to be more kind, loving, and charitable to each other, especially today. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you and God bless you.